Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Father God, amen. Thank you, Jesus. There is a war going on for our souls. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this very beautiful day. Thank you, Father God, that you're gracious and merciful, that you continue to give us sunshine and air to breathe and water to drink and uh, the things that we need, food to eat and breath to breathe, Father God, in spite of our our um, ingratitude in our uh, dismissing you as a, as a non-existent thing. Lord, we thank you, Father for giving us peace and mercy and grace to live in these very confusing and conflicted days. We thank you for those who are listening today. We ask that you give each one of us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and your truth, Lord God, that we speak as the oracles of God, that you give us a heart to understand, a heart to choose to know and walk in and receive and embrace the truth, because you said you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we thank you for that truth and freedom. We thank you, Jesus, for also this promise that you've given us that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. I thank you, Father, for giving us understanding of how we oftentimes enter into an agreement with the enemy without even realizing it. I pray now, Father God, that you give us your wisdom and peace. You are the faithful witness and the wonderful counsel. Lead us in the way we should go. May we speak as the oracles of God. Amen. Hey, good morning. Amen. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good, good. Say, I have a question for you. Yeah. What are you doing for Halloween? Oh, so how are we going? What are we doing for Halloween? We're echoing uh, the question that a lot of people are asking during this uh, month of October. Yeah. Well, that's kind of an interesting Halloween, fall, um, the the things that kind of come out of this season uh, are all very uh, poignant and pointing to the dark side, the darkness, the kingdom of darkness. This is kind of their festive season. And it's a good time to look at who is the devil and what are we doing for Halloween and how they relate. But, you know, there's a lot. Can I just read one scripture? And then I know you've got some things you want to share. You know, we're looking at the Bible always. We want to, you know, the Bible is our compass, our moral compass, our our direction takes us to heaven and gives us to Jesus. It's the, the truth, the liberator. And so he says in Deuteronomy, and I know 18, 19, I'm sorry, 19. 18.9, Deuteronomy. When you come into the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. Now, just to set this up, that if we understand the context of the world from the beginning, since the fall of Adam and Eve, um, the world was living in darkness. It was living in sin. It was living in idolatry, paganism. They had, uh, they had um, mythologies. Satan always had an explanation for everything, a counterfeit explanation for the truth. And he's had that from the beginning, and he always has done to everything God has, Satan has got a, a counterfeit, and or many counterfeits, take your choice. And and this season and the uh, spiritual works of uh, the, the, the inner wor- workings of the spiritual world is no exception. So, um, you know, when people are looking at... Um, what they do with their time, you know, how they, you know, spend their holidays, how they celebrate, how they dress, what they eat, what they wear, you know, they're beginning to make agreements with things that they think are very light and trivial and it's just no big deal. But you have something you want to point out here. Well, one of the things in the scripture that you just read, Marjorie, the, um, is thou shalt not, in King James, it says, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations mm-hmm. of those nations. Now, an abomination by definition, is something that's absolutely disgusting. To God. It's disgusting mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. And uh, So it's, it's contrary to his character, his nature, his goodness, his purity, his holiness. It's all of that. It's right. absolutely contrary to who he right. is. So and, that's and, why it's an abomination. And what, what we see all throughout, uh, call it redemptive history, all mm-hmm. the way from the creation to the present day and into the future, what has happened that many people are involved 
with uh, doing those things, getting involved with those things that mm-hmm. are, are disgusting to God. You see it with Israel uh, through the history of Israel in the Old Testament. They always got caught up with the uh, being involved with the other uh, gods of the, right, of the idolatry. pagans, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, the idols, the, the demon gods of the, uh, the uh, non-believers. Yeah, well, you know, that goes back to the very, very beginning where Satan enticed, the serpent enticed Eve uh, since the beginning of time. You know, we've always been curious to know the secret things. She wanted to know what was on that tree, uh, and hence the dark arts and the, and the mysteries, the secrets, to know more to know what's really going on behind, you know, with the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's where it all began. Well, um, and then the, the term occult actually means secret. Or hidden. Mm-hmm. Secret or hidden. Right. So desire to know those things that are, are hidden. But this desire pulled her into the deepest tragedy and us into the greatest deceptions. You know, even today we see and just how relevant this time, this, this show is, more and more need for exorcisms, demonic possession, uh, deliverances, uh, ghosts, demons manifesting uh, in people's in ordinary people's lives. I mean, it's just like they're kind of like becoming very almost like a plague or very invasive. And then there are so many super expensive uh, therapy treatment programs mm-hmm. that really are, for the most part, ineffective because they, they don't touch any of the real they super don't get deeper to the spiritual roots of what's going on so, in the life of the person. Yeah, so secret things, deception—it really opens the door for her and for us to great deception and a path that is full of danger. We know this. We really know this. I mean, we're not telling you people something you don't already know. If you want to know that you know it, it's just that we don't want. We want to make excuses to not know it or to to um, like, you know, glamorize it or repackage evil or make it look more appealing, more appropriate, more acceptable, more fashionable. But this, this path of danger and tragedy, uh, dark, it oftentimes ends in death. And we have no idea, even in the preparations for our, uh, the, the well-known um, feast day of Satan called Halloween, that even in the preparation, the months of preparation that go before that, many, many people have given their life's blood to make this a very good day for the devil, you know, uh, very, a day of increased power. But can we go back for just a second? Because the kingdom of darkness needs to, it feeds on the human desire to know. That we, God gave us power in the beginning. He gave us the power. He gave Adam and Eve the kingdom. He gave them the authority to manage the garden. And Satan had no kingdom. He was kingdomless. And so when he saw that there was a kingdom available, if he could just steal it, he said, good idea. And so he began to present himself to Adam and Eve as a solution to their curiosity. And so, but he needed them to agree with him so he could actually have the illegal, legal uh, permission, if you will, to take their authority, their power. So their hunger and desire was for spiritual enlightenment. Um, they wanted to be, we're all born. God has given us a desire to know him and a spiritual connection with him and a spiritual significance. And that all comes from him. But when we're thrown into the snake pit of life, you know, that connection is, is, is obscured and it's still there, but it's obscured. And so we don't see it. And so then we begin to become terrified, anxious, and afraid, and we want to seek immortality. Eventually, we realize we're going to die. Everybody around us is dying, and death comes. So eternal life and freedom from death become another driving force to live forever. And that's where we get even the crazy things now that are going on with cloning and singularity and and man with machine and all this kinds of stuff. And then finally, the third reason that they wanted to seek the dark arts, the secrets, the occult, was for power and control. And isn't it interesting? We gave Satan his power, and then he gives us a fake power, a false power to control and manipulate others so we can get ahead, get the best of them, uh, get where we want to go. And so, so for enlightenment, immortality, and power and control, we trade our holiness, our goodness, and our safety. We trade our freedom. We right. We trade our freedom. Uh-huh. We think we're getting power but we're actually opening ourselves up to the enemy's power over us. That's exactly right. So instead of, right. instead of us being in control, we are being controlled more yeah. and more as we open up to the enemy in various ways. And the, the ir- irony of the whole thing was that Satan was giving Eve, baiting Eve to believe in and offering her uh, to give her everything that she already had. You know, she had eternal life. She had immortality. She had the spiritual connection with God. She had wisdom and knowledge, and she had 
great um, power and influence with the Lord. And so, but Satan dumbed her down into believing that she was missing something. And somehow that eating off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil would, would give her uh, more access into the, and insight into who God was. It was the fruit looked like it would make her wise. It was good for food and it didn't look, and it looked nice. It looked nice. So she was influenced by the appearance of things. And that's why Jesus says, do not go by appearances. And again, when you go by appearances, you judge someone on what you think you know about them. Um, there's always more to it. There's always more to everything. And there's always a plan within a plan. So if you have part of the plan and you think you've got the whole plan and you judge, make your judgments and decisions by that, then you're going to come to wrong conclusions like Eve. She didn't realize this was way bigger than her. Um, so, and, and, and going back to another thing, honey, just as we're kind of moving into the, the traditions of Halloween for this particular show, how that children and youth are pulled so much more and more these days into the occult, witchcraft, just like they were pulled into gangs uh, through drugs. Drugs give them power, power to feel better, to take away pain, to experience the spiritual world in some tweaked, perverted way. But they want that. They think that's real. They seek out that. Now, children and youth are very much underpowered, disempowered, and they're oppressed. Oftentimes, they have no power. They're at the mercy of their parents or the, the adults in their world and who are unloving and un, unavailable. So they... Um, they want to have the power to make people do what they want. And part of the open door for rebellion and witchcraft is what, as a matter of fact, one of the characteristics of witchcraft and is rebellion. Rebellion is the, is the lie that you can't hurt me anymore. You because bottom line, I don't care anyway. You can't hurt me because I don't care. So therefore you cannot control me because you have no access to my emotions. You have no access to my moral conscience, conscience, you have nothing. So therefore rebellion opens the door up for all this dark arts and um, exploring those worlds. But can we look a little bit, because, you know, what really goes on here is before we can bite into this bitter, horrible, disgusting, deadly, uh, you know, bite into this what, bait, uh, it has to look good. Satan made that apple, or not apple, sorry, it's not necessarily an apple. I keep saying that, but it's not an apple. It was a piece of fruit. It was a fruit he made yeah. it look really good. To do that, he had to deceive them. And the way we do that today is to desensitize. And I think that's an important word to talk about before you get to your piece. What, uh, because desensitize means through, it's a subtle form of repeated overexposure that dulls the senses to the awareness awareness and perception of real danger. So we see this over and over. We've seen the horror movies. We've seen the zombies. We've seen the this, the that, until nothing is scary anymore. It's just, it's just we say, what's well, not really real, but it is really real. These things are really real, but we don't want to know. So there is a plot, a diabolical plot against all of us to bring this pain and mayhem into us, into our, uh, into our world, uh, through our own choices. We, we don't realize that at the time. So the, um, you know, desensitization, what does Hollywood do to evil? Uh, what does it make? It repackages things. Harry Potter's repackaged. Everything's repackaged to look fun, look like, you know, something we really want to try, something that's great. It, it just has with it a, a, a fleshly, sensational kind of excitement or something. And so can you give us a little background on the, uh, the Halloween, that's one of the main celebrations, although there's many others. Can you kind of talk to us about where that came from, how that got started, and how that makes, um, how that's relevant for today? Well, the name Halloween actually uh, comes from a an All Saints Day celebration that the early church had. Oh. Interesting. You said, we think, well, it's rooted in paganism. Yes, it is. But we see, uh, we'll see here how the, the pagan traditions Mm-hmm. blended with decent Christian practices ah. and defiled them. Well, that, so, that's kind of like what I said. It, it's, well, it's like, the same things happen with, with Easter, with Christmas. Yeah. And, and there are, they're rooted in, in paganism, and there's been a combination over time through the, uh, the church, through the Catholic Church particularly, that incorporated pagan practices along with uh, Christian uh, remembrances and what happened mm-hmm. with the uh, there was All Hallows Eve, mm-hmm. which was uh, which is before All Saints Day, and so what the early church was doing at that point, they were having a time. It was like a Memorial Day. A memorial. All Saints mm-hmm. Day was like a Memorial Day 
for the martyrs, the okay. faithful martyrs, to honor the faithful martyrs that had given their lives to Just the Lord. Just like we have a Memorial, Memorial Day, Day to honor, honor the those soldiers. that have mm-hmm. given Veterans. their lives for our country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so then All Hallows' Eve, which the actually All Saints' Day started in the evening, uh, was in, eventually the word was contracted to Halloween, which became Halloween. And so, but then when Christianity started moving through Europe, they, you know, they encountered so many pagan cultures mm-hmm. and uh, many of the pagan holidays and festivals were so entrenched that mm-hmm. people that were new believers mm-hmm. were still taken up with these things mm-hmm. and uh, these things. And, and Parties, One of the, one of the things that was called yeah. uh, Samhain, it, which it celebrated the final harvest Mm-hmm. kind of this changing of the seasons mm-hmm. and, and this is particularly in in northern europe uh ireland mm-hmm. all, all through that area where uh in preparation for winter things were dying just mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. leaves fall off the trees right. and and the animals that didn't think they didn't think the animals were going to make it through the winter they they slaughtered them it was a time of death and in, among the pagans and and uh and they believed that that was a time that was particularly good to contact the dead because there things were dying. Things were dying. Sure, so sense. this was the optimum time. This was the optimum season to get in, in touch with what we, we would call a necromancy, which mm. was contact with the dead. And so what happened is, is way back uh, in the middle ages, Pope Gregory said, well, we've got to, you know, we've got the heathens that believe this and the Christians are getting caught up in this. Mm-hmm. So let's combine All Saints Day with this Samhain festival uh, of, mm, of To make everybody and, happy. And worshiping the dead, just kind of make everything uh, happy. Mm-hmm. And what, well, it's what, what theologians call uh, syncretism. It's S-Y-N-C-R-E-T-I-S-M, which means a mixture, mixing um, pagan practices with uh, uh, you know Christian observances, that's interesting. But it's also kind of like counterfeiting because for every notice in the Old Testament, God had given them seven very important feast days, and God is into parties. He's into festivals. He's into, he's into long parties. I mean, some of them were seven, eight days long. He's mm-hmm. not like he doesn't want us to have any any fun. But the thing is that the uh, Rosh Hashanah feast of trumpets, feast of ingathering, I think it's the same terms for the same feast. Um, that that was also a harvest feast. That was also a time of the Feast of Tabernacles when they dwelt in the tabernacles for eight days and dwelling with God. See, these are all symbolic for God. He marks his calendar with these high days with his uh, highlighter so that at these very special times, something is also going to be fulfilled in reality, in the real world, in, in, in real time. Uh, these were feasts to commemorate something that had not yet happened, that was going to happen. It was something that happened, like, for example, the, the feast of the Passover was commemorating their fleet, their flight from Egypt and the, the sacrifice of the lamb. But it was also to look forward to the sacrifice of the lamb of God. So every one of those seven feasts have a corollary to be fulfilled in, in the new Testament, so to speak. But, but um, the thing is what we see here is the counterfeiting. So God had feasts. So Satan had to have come up with his own feasts and, and notice for every time, that God has a big feast coming up there and Easter you know, bunny. Yeah. Easter eggs. Yeah, exactly. And and with Christmas, the birth of Christ, which of course we know it was probably in September, not December. But that's where you see the sliding, so the, the whatever the popes or whoever they they slid these these holidays together. To pacify the pagans. Right. To, and to, and and it mixes and messes everything up. So we don't even know why we're celebrating. So, so, so then we're afraid that if we celebrate our festival on the same day or near the same time as the devil that we're worshiping him. And that's why it becomes complicated and confusing for people when we look at the especially Halloween. You know, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Christians do well uh, it's not that bad, or we can dress up. It's kind of like trading off and not keeping the lines very clear uh, at the same time that we have a feast to celebrate about this time of the year, and it'll be called Thanksgiving or the Feast of the you know, thanking God for the garden, the produce, the, fe- the foods, the whatever that he's provided for us for this coming year. Um, but you know, that when they get mixed up like that, and it seems like that the devil wants to mix everybody up, their affections, their allegiances, their minds, their thoughts, so that everything becomes intertwined and synchronistic. Is that what you said? Synergistic? 
that it, it loses its effectiveness, its purity, its holiness. Ezekiel, what did he say? Ezekiel said something about well, that. Well, in, in Ezekiel, it looks like uh, in, uh, in, through the scriptures, Leviticus chapter 20 talks about how God wants his people to be a distinct people. Right. He says, I've called you to be a holy people. In other words, I've called you to not holier than thou, but uh, I've called you to be a distinct people not to be caught up, not to be defiled with these pagan festivals and, and, and the, the, the worshiping the, uh, the idols of the, uh, the pagans. But what did Israel do over and over again? They did it. They, they stumbled into that. They mm-hmm. got into it. They forsook the Lord, and uh, they didn't, turned out not to be a holy people any longer. So he says in Leviticus uh, twenty twenty six, And you shall be holy unto me for I, the Lord, am holy and, and have severed you from other people that you should be mine. In other words, there was to be a, a distinctiveness mm-hmm. in, in moral conduct, in the worship of God, mm-hmm. God Almighty, Creator God, Yahweh, as the one true living God. But the influence mm-hmm. of the pagans around them was so enticing. And, of course, behind that enticement, was Satan working mm-hmm. to entice them, to defile them. To draw them away from God. Right. And when you get into worship, if you read in Romans chapter 1, if your worship is wrong, <clears throat> excuse me, your life is going to be wrong, and, you, and, 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 and worshiping something other than the Lord God leads you into all kinds of immorality and debauchery. Confusion, destruction. Well, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and also we have to realize that God is a God of love, and God wants us to worship and be holy as he is holier. Be holy, for I am holy, he says. But in, well, he wants to protect us from those things. Right, and that's but, why but he... Then, but then, this is why he would get so angry, because he says, I've given you my word, my principles, my statutes, to protect you. Mm-hmm. And then here you go, you go, and you turn from me, and you go headlong into all the things that are destroying you. He says... I don't want to see you destroyed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you defiled. I want to see you distinct to me because that's where you're going to find mm-hmm. your fulfillment <clears throat> in the purposes that I have for you. And we really can't fault God for wanting us to be holy and pure and good and successful in him because that's exactly the same thing we do as parents. We don't, yeah, we don't want our kids to wreck themselves. We don't want them to go with Why the wrong Why do we tell our kids to, tr- you know, stay away from drugs, don't drive mm-hmm. 95 miles mm-hmm. an hour on the freeway, uh, choose good friends, right. uh, don't believe everything a teacher Get tells you at grades. school. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we're wanting to protect them. I would think should be the desire. Some parents that are that, don't care. not there, they're not there or they don't care or both. But decent parents want their kids to be honorable, outstanding, have integrity, not to get involved with things that they might, the kids might think are very enticing, look very good, but not get, getting into those things. That's the desire of the parents because they don't want to see their kids destroyed. Well, that's the same with God. He is very jealous over us. He says he's a jealous God and he wants the very, very best for us. And I think we, uh, the devil misinterprets that to us and makes us think that God is a killjoy. He's a control freak. He doesn't want you to have any freedom. And if you make any choices and they're not do that, that's exactly what he wants you to do. Then he's going to punish you for making the wrong choices. And so God gets to be very conflicted and very insane, very bipolar, uh, multi-personality in our, in our, in our concept of who he is, which becomes very difficult to work with. So if you have a, a, a parent, you've grown up with a parent who's uh, bipolar, manic, depressed, insane, uh, borderline, you don't know what you have and therefore you don't really you know, trust that person or reveal to your, yourself to that person. And that's the same. The devil wants to keep this thing very confused and very fearful. But going back to the superstitions uh, that often go along with these, hol- these holidays, um, superstition comes out of fear. God is not a God of fear. God is not, God, people who serve God, uh, they can get ritualistic and they can listen to the enemy and become fearful and superstitious because I've got to do this, pray this certain prayer of this certain way. I've got to bow three times. I've got to put this incense on my forehead. I've got to do this. I got to do this. These are kind of like rituals that, that really are not like, they smack more of superstitions and superstition comes out of fear. So in the Halloween sa- saga, 
the irrational belief or superstition is an irrational belief, uh, deep seated belief in some magical effect of a particular action, whether it's a ritual. Um, so, and it's done often for good luck, bad luck, uh, or uh, put bad luck on other people, obviously. Uh, and, and so that this is, you know, we call this magic voodoo. Um, this magical power is um, given to certain rituals, actions, objects. Uh, you know, we have the good luck charms. We have the voodoo dolls. We have the this and the that. But behind this is always the word fear. It's an irrational. It doesn't make sense. It's a belief that does not make sense. A superstitious person is one who is convinced that if they perform or if they fail to perform certain rituals or rites or actions, that good or bad things, bad things are going to happen to them. And certain events and phenomena, omens, signs and stuff are all going to, you know, bring out trouble in their life. So a lot of times it's fear of the supernatural. Now, Satan is the, he's the, he's the essence of fear. Um, he uses fear and in Halloween and in those particular things, they were using the, you know, the, the fear of, of meeting the dead or invoking the dead or, um, to, do the trick or treat thing, weren't they? Exactly, like with the trick or treat deal. Basically, they there was the belief, the superstition that there were these spirits of the dead, uh-huh. or these evil spirits, uh, spirits of the dead. Other evil spirits were around, particularly at that time of the year, at that season of um, uh, yeah, okay. salmon. Uh, it's Samhain, that's what it's called, Samhain. That was the belief, and so what you had to do is you had to give these leave food outside, um, or, yeah. or, or or and sometimes it was in some places they they, they the tradition was that they left food out or uh, and as an offering as an offering to offering, the witches yeah. so the witches could do their their things. It or was leave like, them alone. It was, it was like a free will offering for the witches. Or the or the Jewish. Yeah, and the Druids, uh-huh. the Druids there in 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 England and and uh, Scotland, in Ireland, Scotland mm-hmm. Ireland, and so forth. Yeah, they the they didn't country. want it's if they did not leave out some provision for these spirits, these spirits were going to trick them. Mm-hmm. There's something really bad was going to happen. Yeah, and what you were talking them. about was fear. It was based on fear, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's what they would do. And then the costumes, for one thing. People wore costumes. They tried to disguise themselves oh, sure. to protect themselves from the, the, the evil spirits because they tried uh-huh. to look really weird. So the to try to trick the spirits or fit to in think, with them. To think that <laughs> yeah, to to fit in with to think that they were one of them. Oh. Or it was either they put the costumes on either to attempt to ward off and protect themselves from the spirits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or. The other part of it, too, it's a two-edged sword there. Mm-hmm. The other part was they dressed in these costumes in order to attract the spirits to themselves. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, some of them dressed up in animal costumes. They wanted to be able to have the spirit of that animal. Protect them? That they were, yeah, and then we just have a movie somewhere about mm-hmm. <laughs> that came out just within the last year about uh, animals and the evil spirits of the animals. And so I don't remember the name of it and so forth. Mm-hmm. We go to these... Uh, share Christ at some of these pagan festivals and you see people um, dressed up as, right. as being animals. With, or, you know, being yeah, the, becoming t- their animal becoming or whatever. Becoming their yeah. animal. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. But okay, so so what you're saying is that the people were afraid. Bottom line, was fear. if anything you're doing fear is out of fear, then it's it's not coming from the kingdom of light. But the people, I know that the Druids would threaten the people and, and the, 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 the peasants uh, the poor people, the downtrodden, they were afraid. And so they would give well, offerings or they would um, uh, just so that the people, the, that the Druids or the witches would leave them alone too. You know, sometimes I've <clears> heard too that I read uh, that uh, the Druids sometimes in their attempt of fear, they would uh, even castrate some of the males that if they did not feel that they had given them a sufficient offering. So, right. I mean, it was so there's just, been oppression all very along. Very oppressive. And and but but the problem is when you give in to this kind of fear, when you placate it, when you go along with it, or even in ignorance, ignorance is no protection against uh, the the um, the outcomes of, so, right. of of these of these and beliefs. So this is what we've got in the practice of Halloween in, in America right now. I mean, and it really wasn't practiced much till the 19th century, mm-hmm. when the people came over that had Druid influence, people from Ireland particularly. Uh, other places in Northern Europe, England, 
when there was that big influx of immigrants here in the 1800s. And then in the 20th century, this is where the, uh, the, the celebration of Halloween really got to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now it's uh, basically, I, I read one source that said that this year, 2016, is an estimated $8 billion will be spent on Halloween in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's costumes, candy, masks, uh, parties, food, party, liquor. Decorations. And, and then the trick-or-treat aspect of this now has, you know, because, see, here's how it, it worked. It's like instead of these demons tricking people, mm-hmm. some people would start doing, hey, let's pretend we're a demon and let's just, do some tricks. Let's do some naughty things. Tricks them. Also. So now you got you know people. It's a there, good night to get by with toilet it because, paper, toilet yeah. paper, papering somebody's house or <clears throat> or stealing something or putting soap on windows like we used to do when I was <laughs> when I was a kid um, in, in my ignorance. But what? Uh, but so now it's gotten to be just uh, pretty much a big party. Mm-hmm. If you go downtown uh, on the strip. In any major city in the United States on Halloween night, it's a big, it's a big free uh, for all, free for all it's drunken a, party. Anything, anything goes, and that's exactly what happens when these doors be opened to darkness. Eventually, they get wider and wider, and anything goes. All kinds of criminal activities, uh, not just small little pranks, but everything is is okayed and permitted in this time period. Right, and um, there seems to be no. Thought it's of consequences for party, and it's, it's <clears throat> in a sense too. You have, you know, things like St. Patrick's Day. It's an excuse to get drunk, have a big. I'm sure St. Patrick Christmas, doesn't appreciate that. Christmas too, St. Patrick. Well, well, it was a great because great because because Satan because Satan his parties can't get they they can't accomplish anything without the use of uh, drugs or additives. Jesus, you know, when you when you worship the Lord and and rest in Him and and are satisfied with His love and goodness, then your celebration becomes sweet to the soul. But when it's not there and you're not, it's darkness. You have to have all these other things, whether it's sugar or this or that. And and people, you know, don't understand. Um, this is not a time to for a killjoy. There there are many occasions we can celebrate. You can celebrate every day if you want to. Thank God he gave you breath today. Thank God, you know, he gives breath to people who curse him. We, he, he gives the, his, the breath to the people who use to define him as non-existent. Uh, he gives breath to the atheists, to the agnostics. He gives breath. He is not a, um, he's not a respecter of persons, and he's not a, he doesn't manage or manipulate his good, his good blessings to give it only to the, he says he sends his rain on, on the evil and the just. Um, and so the thing is, God is not doing what Satan does. Satan rewards his and punishes those who are not his. He takes, tries to take away from those who are not his. But going back to this Halloween thing, which is, uh, which is so, so, so buried, there's a danger. It's more that the dangers are kind of buried as well. There's some obvious, oh, you can get some bad candy and some, some needles in your marshmallows or your popcorn balls or whatever. But the thing that's really dangerous is the fact that you are coming into an agreement with the forces of darkness, the spirits of darkness. And this isn't just Halloween. This is going to horror movies. This is, this is dressing up and, and walking in the zombie parade. This is, um, <clears throat> you know, what, this is wearing T-shirts with uh, skulls on them. This is putting a skull on your backpack. This is, you know... Uh, tattoos, a lot of tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my you. goodness. Marking. They're marking you. You're coming into evil. an agreement with... That's pretty much you're coming into an agreement. Nobody's forcing you right. to get a tattoo. Normally, right. you, you just say, hey, I like this design. I think it's cool. Well, yeah. But what you're doing is you're imprinting upon yourself in, on your very skin, very part bad, of your yeah. being, one of the organs of your body. Mm-hmm. You're getting a, a, an evil, and most of the time, it's some kind of well, satanic symbol. Uh, that is being imprinted on your body. And even if it's not, you're putting toxic ink into your body, into your skin, and now your skin is suffocating <clears throat> because it can't breathe, <clears throat> as I can't breathe right now. Uh, but the thing is, 
you know, coming into an agreement, and that's the bottom line on making an agreement, is coming into an agreement with a lie, then you're, you're going to be captive or bound by that lie. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. I don't know how anybody's tattoos have ever freed them from anything. A lot of people, and I'm not, we're not here to hit on people who have tattoos. Just don't go off on some flaky. We this love is, you if you have tattoos or Right. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it can be part of, you say, well, it's part of my story. These are milestones in my life. I just wanted to mark this down. Well, that's fine. You know, I, you know, uh, whatever. You, you know, have to do it, be, you know, before the Lord. The, the tattoo is not going to keep you out of heaven, but what we're, it's, it's not good for your skin, for one thing. And it's, it's, but when we come into agreement, even if you wear a shirt or a pair of pants that have slogans and stupid sayings on them, you are actually saying this, you're a billboard for that thing. Uh, This is what I think. This is who I am. This is, you know, uh, touch me, don't touch me, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm I'm yours. I'm cool. I'm whatever. And I know that we, we do this, you know, put little t-shirts on our tiny babies and this is mommy's special little love bundle or sweetheart or whatever, you know, and, and you're saying something, and that's a, a good thing. But when you're putting things on your body that are rebellious and they're defiant and that are full of hate or in, indifference even, you know, like who cares, whatever, give it up. You're, you're actually coming into an agreement with the spirit, the spirit behind that, that, uh, that thought or that concept or that disposition. People do not understand that everything, everything, Satan takes anything he can get as an agreement, including symbolic dedications. And so a lot of these things, like we, the symbols of uh, that, what we do like at Halloween, a symbolic dedication to God. We dedicate our children to God. We, we go, we baptize them as infants. Um, this is simply a dedication to God, the true baptism that they need to participate in, which they can participate in is the one where they can willfully make that choice right, not, yeah, yeah, to yeah. make, to, to, to follow or to believe God. And so, but we, and we put on, Wedding rings, that's a, that's a symbol of a marriage. It doesn't make you married. You can put a ring on your finger and your, fore, your ring finger and not be married. But it's a symbol that you've come into an agreement with the, the typically, you know, unless you're trying to trick someone, uh, <laughs> that you have come into an agreement. And this is just a, a symbol of, of an agreement. So symbolic dedications, when the Masons put r- ropes around their necks in their third degree rituals, they are actually saying, okay, devil, you can, whoever holds the end of this rope, you got power to control me. You can choke me. You can, you know, drag me around. So you're actually submitting yourself symbolically with that rope around your neck, that noose, they call it, around your neck to the one who holds the noose. And that would be the darkness, powers of darkness. And so when we're making an oath or an agreement or a vow can be symbolic. Um, and then, by the way, the Masons have many, many symbolic uh, dedications. By the way, just a little commercial here. If you're interested in knowing more about the Masons and how to get out of it or how to break the curses that come through it, go to the website, liferecovery.com. And we, I think we've just uploaded the manual on uh, uh, the curses um, and how to break the curses of Freemasonry. Mm. Um, and so, but there, but see, this is why we're suffering. It's because of these old agreements. I mean, how long ago did the Garden of Eden happen? And we're still having to wear deodorant we're still pulling the weeds out and using all kinds of chemicals to mess with the dandelions in our lawn because we think they're the weeds. And so, you know, the thing is, it's, uh, it's not gone away. The curses are still with us. And, you know, God wants us to be delivered from the curses. Well, what, what we do oftentimes by our, when we believe the lies of the enemy, we believe the lies of the enemy. We believe those lies that affects our behavior. It leads us into behavior that is displeasing to God. So we open ourselves up to have, uh, have curses multiplied. We open ourselves up demonic powers of all kinds. So, well, you know, that's exactly right because the curse without a cause does not come. It says in Proverbs uh, 26, two. So that means there's a reason that means there's a, a, a real cause for what you're suffering or experiencing and the problem is that you know a lot of times we think well it's just an accident it's just a coincidence bad luck whatever and so we kind of through those kind of um you know casual uh observations we try to dis uh discredit any kind of evil intention or 
demonic intelligence that would be targeting us or after us because it's too scary to think about that. So we just say, well, it was just an accident. It was just a coincidence. But the thing is, if the Bible is true and the curse without a cause is not coming, an accident is not a positive blessing thing, then then there was a reason for it. Right. And, and the thing is that what Satan does as the tempter, he tempts us into things that seem so innocent, so good. Mm-hmm. It's like it's look, it's like he doesn't come up and say, "Hey, guess what? Look at me. I'm here to hurt you, to totally destroy your, your life, life, and, yeah. and send, you know, you know, so you will burn in eternity forever." Mm-hmm. He doesn't come on that way. He says, "Here's something nice, something yeah. that you'd like." Like when he came to Eve, he said, uh, "Okay, look at this." It looks, and she saw it looks good, and it's going to make you wise, and you're going to be like God. And wow, this this looks great. Well, you know, the thing is, that's you know, that was his temptation. So what he sometimes does is he presented himself as a as a talking serpent, something not scary or anything. He was just obviously maybe all the animals talked at that point. I don't know. Would that be something to think about? Um, but the thing is, uh, this going back to this idea of an accident. Um, you know, or life is an accident, just a coincidence. There's, we're an accident. There's no, no reason thing. for us. It's, there's no. no conspiracy here. It's just, just all in your head, whatever. And with that, the enemy actually has another prong of attack, and that is to try to uh, disappear. He wants people to believe he doesn't really exist. Well, a lot of people believe that Satan is just, uh, you know, maybe some kind of an impersonal force of evil. It's just, or maybe he's maybe not at all. It's, it's or maybe it's just, or it doesn't exist, or, or it's just people that sometimes just are doing the wrong thing. Yeah, it's and, bad people. Yeah, it's just bad people or something. Right. So, but it's interesting. The innocence. Let, let's just look at Halloween for a, a minute here. Again, uh, the innocence is like it's it's a fun thing. It's fun for the kids. They can go trick or treating. They can get mm-hmm. candy. They can dress up. I mean, kids like to dress up and play and have fun. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, you can go and party. You can hit the club scene downtown. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can you know, and and all this. It it's it's it just seems like it's something that it's so enticing. People decorate their houses, lights. Uh, all kinds of things. And again, it is it, it, what it is, is when you think of all the symbols mm-hmm. of Halloween, it's, it's, fear. All death, death and it's, fear. it's death, fear. Mm-hmm. So w- we, we make something cutesy. The devil succeeded in us to believe there's something cutesy about death, mm-hmm. fear, zombies, mm-hmm. blood, vampires, mm-hmm. skeletons, mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and witches, scary so, so we, we, we think fear is cool. And I don't know, it seems like we do in our, in our mm-hmm. society when we do it. We mentioned about horror movies and other things that we, uh, we scare ourselves mm-hmm. artificially. So somehow what we perceive as reality seems safer. Yeah. Is that it? I know. Why, why do we go to a uh, ride at the state fair that just scares the bejeebies oh. out of us? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, why do we go to a movie that scares the bejeebies well, out of us? Well, it's the adrenaline <laughs> rush, too, and I think it's like, yeah, I feel it's like the if we can face rush. that, then we can face anything that's less yeah. than that easier. But going back to the same thing with um, the devil wants to become really uh, minimal, minimi- minimized, marginalized in our lives so that we don't understand the battle between good and evil, and it all becomes about us and what we want to do and having fun, and there's no consequences because there's no real curse. But going back to the idea even, again, of the devil trying to make himself non-existent, how many people even really believe the devil is real? However, even though that is the, the gist of you know, modern thinking, the devil isn't real, uh, and you're just being superstitious or you're being oversensitive or you're being whatever, you know, you get to be, you know, you're hearing voices in your head. You need a drug. You need an antipsychotic. They're saying you're, they, they would accuse us of being superstitious. Well, because now it's not demonic problems people have. It's psychological. It's emotional. Right, yeah. It's mental, mental well, health. Yeah. But superstitious means an irrational fear, fear that's founded on nothing. But the fact is, real godly fear understanding uh in the way why jesus said i give you power over all the power of the enemy because the enemy really does exist and he really does need to be overpowered he needs to be put in his place the the, uh, the cross needs to be the value and the verse uh, the 
the virtue of the cross needs to be enforced in this kingdom, in the kingdom of darkness. We come as the kingdom of light. She said, you're light and salt in the world. And so, but so when we come, uh, you know, saying, yeah, there really is a devil. We're not here to tell you we're afraid of him or not afraid of him. We're just saying, yeah, he really does exist. And God has given us power over him. And the enemy would just like us to say, oh, no, there's no such thing. But, but more and more people, if you just pay attention, just look around you. There's more and more people excited, uh, you know, wanting to, to go through haunted houses. There's more and more people who are being tormented in the night. They can't breathe. They're paralyzed in their sleep. They're being visited by the sexual demons. Um, they're being, they're, they're, um, things are moving in their houses. Uh, you know, there's, there's more and more need for exorcism. People are, are doing hideous, hideous things that are not even humanly possible. Uh, they're having uh, manifesting strength. That's not even humanly possible. And, and, and yet we, we don't want to acknowledge any demonic spiritual world or force behind this, which yeah. is kind of like stupid. And a lot of times, even in the churches, we think, okay, people are having problems. But somehow we can uh, give them a self-help book. Right. Uh, Try can, harder book. We can, we book. can oh, yeah. teach it out of them or preach it out of them yeah. or love it out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but and sometimes it just needs to be delivered. It, Paul said, who will deliver me? Yeah. Deliverance. That means to be set free mm-hmm. from the power of the enemy to be the, the people who God has called us to be. And and, and, and and you know one other thing with the devil being real, Jesus is the, the 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 primary source on who is the devil. And when he said to the disciples, and they were demons, and and they came back and they were reporting to Jesus, it worked. It worked. It really did. It, we got cast them out. Blah blah blah. Jesus, hey, I saw Satan, Lucifer, as lightning falling from heaven. So he says, I saw the first the first act. I saw him actually get here, come here, come down here, and start his little plan and plot. And I know what you're talking. I know what I know know it because I saw it myself. I was there when it happened, and I ought to know. And so, when when we go back to the Lord and the Word of God, He says, you know, He says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against the house falls. And in that Luke eleven seventeen passage, He is talking about the strong man who comes to divide. What is He dividing? He what is He trying to conquer? Well, He's trying to conquer society. He's trying to conquer us. He's trying to conquer our families and all that pertains to us. He's trying to conquer us individually. And Jesus said that that strong man comes to set us up in opposition to ourselves. So what he does to divide our house, set us against ourselves, he divides my soul for my spirit. He makes me double-minded. And so I see myself participating in things like Halloween where I am compromising. I am, you know, I am opening the door to Satan on, on, on the left and opening the door to Jesus on the right. And now I wonder why my life is, is not peaceful and I have so much conflict because I've given place to the devil in a kind of an ignorant and maybe semi-innocent way. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, a child can be ignorant and innocent and open the door to the roaring lion. The roaring lion still gets in the house. Um, and whether he's doing it deliberately or doing it ignorantly, the lion is now in the house. There was When the Assyrians uh, took over uh, Israel in uh, chapter 17 of Second Kings. Um, they sinned against the Lord. They feared other gods. They set up sacred pillars, wooden images, idolatry. They served idols. Uh, they in the uh, they would not hear. They rejected the Lord, His statutes, His covenants, and uh, they were idolaters. They left the commandments of the Lord. Mm-hmm. They were committing human sacrifices, their mm-hmm. sons and daughters. They were putting through the fire. They practiced witchcraft and soothsaying mm-hmm. and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. So God was angry at all this. And uh, he says, um, and he sent the prophets to, to warn them mm-hmm. about all this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, they, they warned the people to say, turn away from this, turn away, you're destroying yourself. But they wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm. They, they, they basically said, fooey on you, prophets, we're not going to listen to you. And then what happens? The Assyrians take over. They capture Israel. They take away the pagan. They take away the nation of Israel into Assyria, into a, a heathen land. And what, then what they did is the, the king, because Samaria, which was the northern kingdom at this time, part of the northern kingdom of Israel, 
he sent all these pagans from his the lands that he had conquered into the land. Mm-hmm. And they, the said, land. they said, well, and, and they realized that uh, there were lions and stuff that were attacking them. And they said, well, you've got to get to know the God of the land. Mm-hmm. So he says, well, uh, oh, who is the God of this land? Oh, it must be this. Uh, well, let's send somebody back into Israel that knows who the God of the land is. So they sent a priest there mm-hmm. to teach these pagans about the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, but then what happened is that they got into a mixture. Oh, sure. They, 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 they still continue these practices, mm-hmm. even though they had knowledge of God, the true living God. And in the first part of second Kings 17, verse 33, they feared the Lord yet serve their own gods. That's exactly, That's what, exactly, exactly what we're what, doing. I'm not sure we're even in, in the place anymore where we fear I, the Lord. I don't Lord. know if there's even the fear of the Lord anyway. But that, this is what it's going to come down to is who's, whose report do you believe? Who's, yeah. who, who are you going to serve? And the problem with participating in you know, these parties in Halloween and this innocent fun, it's not innocent. Number one, if you realized um, how many people literally have been sacrificed this season just to get your party going how much blood how much torture how much gruesome uh humiliating horrible things i can't even be speaking i could say them on the radio but it would not be very helpful to you it doesn't it's not necessary to glorify the devil but these things were done so that his party would be the best i mean the best for preparations and so when we don't realize you know, we're afraid. Well, if I don't have a party, if I don't do something that night, you know, I'm missing something. I'll be, my friends will be having fun. I'll be doing nothing. I'll be, you know, and we're just all worried about missing out or missing something or, or, you know, somebody's doing something and I'm not getting to do it or whatever. But you have to look at your own individual life. You are going to have to give an account of yourself to the Lord God. And we are not saved or not saved by some of the things we do. We're saved by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But if you are a saved person, I'm going to tell you something, a little secret. Don't tell anybody. But once you're saved, if you step out of line, any place you step out of line, it's fair fair game for the devil to come back, claim you, beat you up, attack you, pull you back, uh, humiliate you, annihilate you if he can. That's why Jesus at the gate is narrow. Once you're saved, if you keep playing with the world, playing with the devil, participating in these things, you're still saying to the devil, I mean, it's like you've declared war on the devil by getting saved, but you leave all the fort gates open and you expect that you're going to live at peace and safety inside that fort when you've never closed the doors. You're still inviting Satan to come on in and help you out here and give you a good time there. And, and so the, for the Christians, if you're a Christian right now and you see your life just coming unglued, I'll tell you why. Because Satan knows his time is short. He's got only a little time to hurt you, to try to take you back, destroy you, snatch you, uh, strip from you the goodness and the blessings of God. And he is, he's in a frenzy to do it. If you want to shore up your life, if you want to you know, get rid of that addiction, if you want to get rid of that poverty spirit, if you want to get rid of that stuff, then start to obey God and start to, to put God first in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the fruit of that peace and that joy. You know, we're not used to living in a peaceful, okay, peaceful disposition inside. We're, 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 we're used to drama. We're used to difficulties. We're used to deceptions. We're used to freaking out. Freaking out, yeah. And, and so to live in peace in this very tumultuous and troubled world, we're not seem to be okay with it. We're, we're, we're almost programmed to have, have to have a certain amount of crisis, chaos, drama, distraction in our world. Because something is wrong if we're too peaceful. If there's nothing to worry about, or if we're not worried about something, something is wrong. This is not true. God has sent us peace in, in this very, because, you know, you need all the peace you can get because your real job is to go and, you know, preach the good news to the lost. And you can't do that if you're all tangled up with all kinds of health issues and, and mental, emotional issues and relational problems and blah, blah, blah that becomes very difficult and God wants to deliver us from those things. He wants to bless us, but he can't bless us if we keep saying yes to the devil. In Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 10 through 14. Here's what God said to his people. You can certainly apply it to us today. 
There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire as, as an offering to an idol. Mm-hmm. How many times do we offer our kids as sacrifices to the, to, to the, to the God I, of uh, sports or selfishness, yeah. etc.? Or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, mm-hmm. or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or ones who call, one who calls up the dead. For all who do those things, these things, are an abomination. That means they are dete- all who do these things are detestable to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. Mm-hmm. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed you for such. So he makes it very clear that well, we're not to, and he gives this warning uh, to, to his people. But it's not always very clear, actually, because it's very... Well, it's uh, very muddled now. Muddled, because, yeah. Because everything is of the so counterfeit. mixed up. Well, exactly. For example, for example, God gave prophets to tell the people, to warn the people, and, and the prophets, even the kings would even call Jeremiah and say, what's really going to happen? I mean, they had 45,000, whatever, how many bad prophets were telling what they wanted to hear, but then said, well, what does Jeremiah have to say? Then Jeremiah would tell them the truth, and they'd say, ah, we don't like what you're saying, so throw them in the pit. Uh, but the thing is, God did send prophets who really did know. I mean, they accurately predicted. We've got hundreds of prophecies about Jesus and the, his first coming and the crucifixion. Hundreds of very detailed things that prove he is the one who he said he was. But the thing is also, so Satan, he, is, he has psychics. God's got the prophets. Satan's got the psychics. But God gave all of us gifts. And I believe what really happens is God gave the prophetic gift to the psychics. And Satan got a hold of the, the prophetic daughters creation, create, uh, of God. And got them to be practicing witchcraft and psychic powers and divination. And that's a whole nother. We can probably do this again next week. We'll talk about fortune tellers and stuff like that. But, but the thing is, so for everything God has, worship, prayer, uh, prophetic words, healings, um, you know, uh, whatever God has, Satan has got a counterfeit. Even, even for grass, even for the, the grass that grows, it's interesting. There's real grass that comes from God. And, and there's the counterfeit grass. Artificial turf. Yeah. And, and so Jesus said, even down to the blades of grass, he says, every blade of grass that my father, that, that didn't come from us, is going to be destroyed. And so he was even saying, down to the tiniest thing, there's a counterfeit for everything. And you just have to know that. So it's not always that clear. But, but you can tell which deal, you're, which kingdom you're working with by extrapolating it to the fruit. Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. So if what you're doing reduces down to stress, pain, anxiety, fear, poverty. Bondage. Yeah. It's not from God. If it reduces down to peace, joy, love, it's from God. We we usually don't think of the consequences, though. We just think of, hey, I want to do this. I think this is going to be fun. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it. So I'm going to just go to it. it, it. We We don't think it through. Well, here's the other thing. So what are we saying? Are we saying, okay, we can't even leave our houses because if we do anything, we'll be doing what the devil's doing and we don't want to do that. No. What we need to do is, you know, God gave us the feasts and the celebrations, uh, times of rejoicing. God gave us uh, work to do. And we can't stop doing our work and we can't stop rejoicing in God because the devil's got a holiday going on about the same time. You know, some churches, they try to do a harvest festival in place of a, a Halloween thing or pull people off the streets. I get that. And that's probably fine. I don't I'm not going to judge them. I mean, but, you know, if you mix it. OK, so now at our at our harvest party at the church, we're going to bob for apples and we're going to dress like goons and we're going to, you, you know, got the then you've got the mixture. You got the divination. Going you got on. the divination. But so thing is, you know, we and same with the, the birth of Christ. If you really wanted to celebrate the birth of Christ, they probably do it on September 11th, something like that. It's probably when he was born in September, not December. But the thing is, I mean, am I going to stop? So you're going to celebrate Jesus or are you going right. to celebrate Santa Claus? God knows your heart. God knows you know? your heart. And just, just make sure your heart by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit is not a mixture. If you're doing it, do whatever you do unto the Lord. And I say, well, then I can I put up a Christmas tree or can I do this or can I do that? Or can I, you know, eat off of a Yule log, which is a type of bread? you know, a loaf of bread or something or a piece of firewood in the fireplace. 
you know, make your declarations unto the Lord. Paul says in Titus, I think is nothing unclean of itself, but if you think it's a sin, it's a sin. And so, like, for example, if I'm going to, uh, let's just say pretty obviously, and this is kind of off subject a little bit, but it's Halloween, it's a holiday. Um, let's just say that I'm going to do some of these things, uh, like, oh, decorate a Christmas tree, whatever. If I, you know, there are, God knows your heart, too. You don't want to, you know, and, but I can't put on a costume that worships the devil. A tree created by God with lights on it, that's a different story if you want to do that. You don't have to do that. Some people say, oh, that's terrible, that's bad, you can't do that, shouldn't do that. Well, then don't do it. Do not do it then. By all means, don't do it. If you have peace to do that, then do that. But understand the counterfeits are very cleverly designed for us to make agreements. You don't want to make an agreement. I mean, for example, uh, I don't wear things that suggest death uh, or an agreement. I don't put you know, words on most of my shirts, don't have words on them. Most of my clothing doesn't have a a logo of some sort on it because, you know, I just wear the common stuff. But the thing is, just declare, look, I am doing this as unto the Lord. I am, um, you know, obey God, obey the Holy Spirit, and you'll be walking in peace and protection. Here's what Paul says, and it's about time to wrap it up here yeah. today already. Uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 10, 20 and 21, um, well, let's go through verse 23. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils or demons mm-hmm. and not to God. I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils or demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. He says, don't mix. Don't mix your... Christianity with the heathenism. He said, do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? See, he's, he's jealous over us in a good way. He wants us pure. He wants us holy. He doesn't want us to be destroyed. That's how the jealousy of the Lord works. Are we stronger than he? Paul says there in verse 23, finally, he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. He says, there's, there's freedom that God gives me, but I'm not going to do... Um, uh, I'm not going to do things that are going to put me into bondage that are going to help put contribute mm-hmm. to putting somebody else into bondage right. or reflect a bad testimony uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Exactly. And that's a good example because, you know, um, the Lord's Supper, you know, that is a, that's we, that's we're remembering It's a table of remembrance. Um, remembering the sacrifice, the the one-time sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. But Satan, they had sacrifices too. They ate, they had festivals, they had parties, they they participated in things of their altars and you know and all that kind of stuff. But see, the thing is, so what God has, Satan has also got something that looks a lot like it, you know, because he wants the same. He wants to be God. Bottom line, he wants to be worshipped like God, prayed to. He wants to be sacrificed to he. So he counterfeits the things of God so he can be God. It's like he is the counterfeit God. He is the antichrist. And so he says here, I like that verse. He says, there's, um, what did you read it again? There's nothing unclean of itself. All things all things are are lawful lawful for me. So you have to listen to the Holy spirit and be, stay in the place of peace. If God says, don't participate, don't go there because maybe, Satan's just waiting for you to, to slip up over there, then don't do it. Don't go through that door. Don't step across that line. Just keep your, you don't, you're, you know, just don't fall for the fear, the lie that I've got to do something or everybody else is doing something. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to stop thanking God for the harvest because the devil is trying to take my holiday and mess it up. And it, it goes like Jerry said, way back to the beginning when the, there were holy festivals, of the, you know, the memorial for the martyrs. And now it's become, Halloween. It's like, okay, you know, what are we going to do here? Well, let's, you can still remember the martyrs and thank God in, in Revelations chapter, I think it's five or six about the, the death of the martyrs and blah, blah, blah. You yes. can still meditate on what sort of things are pure, lovely, honest, just, and good. And it's because God's goodness, God's spirit has been put inside of you to lead you into all truth. It's not about what you have to figure out. It is about what you already know. So go with what you know. Walk in and know that you can know what you know. And stop trying to figure everything out. And just be. Be at peace. Be okay. Be walking in the Spirit of God. And that's really the key to everything in this life is Mm -hmm. walking in the Spirit of God. 
Yeah. Uh, loving what the Lord loves, uh, mm-hmm. hating and rejecting what he hates, hates and rejects. Mm-hmm. And just because God is, is very, he's very serious about this. Yeah. He's very serious in his love for us. He wants us to be uh, holy. He wants us to be separated, to, devoted to him. He wants us to have life. He came. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and life more abundantly. Right. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. He does not want us to be tricked, deceived, All right. mixed up, mixed or defiled right. so that we can live in, in purity so we can be uh, have the best life we can have and to be able to be free mm-hmm. to come out. Uh, communicate yeah. the love well, and power of Jesus it's Christ right. and to these, others yeah. who mm-hmm. are still in darkness. It's We're like, here to be the light. We're called the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. Yeah, it's like this is the line. The line is now being drawn. We're at the very critical places in the in the world, and the line uh, of holiness is being drawn. And you'd be best by the grace of God to be on that on the, that His side. Who's on the Lord's side? Who, side? Whose report are you going to believe? Who, and it's, it's amazing that the goodness, the beauty, the holiness, the, the everything good and wonderful of God has been made to look so trite and unappetizing and all of Satan's things are so titillating or you know, scrumptious, delicious, you know, wonderful, and they're such a heap of ashes. And so, Father God, we pray that you would truly give us your grace to walk in holiness and purity and wisdom, to know how to rightly divide what's going on in our worlds, in our hearts, by your Holy Spirit, and that we would not be confused or consumed um, with the judgments of the lost. Lord, don't let us be confused by all the lies that come at us from every direction in our world. And don't let us be uh, mixed or mixed up. Uh, Lord, help us to be clear and you've given us your word, you've given us your spirit, so we can see the difference between the holy and the unholy, the clean and the unclean. And we can live, we're not living as legalists, we're, we're, we're living as those who have been liberated through the blood of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Ghost, and through the word of God. So help us in these days to truly be salt and light in the midst of the darkness that we're living in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. By the way, this is liferecovery.com. You can go there. Some of the material that we're using today comes out of the manual, um, Who is the Devil? And uh, again, our uh, liferecovery.com or truelightchurchmn.org for more information. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.